Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. I'm your host Clayton at Clayton at Clayton AFC and he's back. My partner in crime, FL Nima, he's back. How you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Nice uh, win at the Emirates. Very happy to see that performance from the lads and uh, quiet in the haters. Yeah, I'm in a good mood. Good spirits. Burnley at home this weekend. Yeah, sure. Really be. excited. I think, um, yeah, you're right. Obviously, after the the i'm trying to think what the word i'm looking for is what happened at newcastle i'm tr- i'm trying to swear less so that's why i was like thinking what uh, what words could i use but after newcastle last week i think we bounced back really nicely against sevilla um and yeah wednesday was good obviously i did a solo pod uh yesterday with my thoughts on that but you want to add your two pence on what you thought of the seville game midweek yeah, so for me, there was one stat I saw floating around about Martinelli having kind of beaten his uh, defender with dribbles one-on-one like eight times in the game or something, which is the most in like 10 years in Champions League, every game of the Champions League in 10 years. So Really? Fuck. I knew, yeah, yeah, I knew the stat around numbers. eight times. I didn't realise it was the most in that amount in, of time. In, like a, in almost a decade, yeah. So and I think the reason I just want to call that out is because before in the summer and the preseason expectations... I think I was saying very early on that I felt that Europe would finally get people outside of England to see truly what a rock star Martinelli is because we've missed him and it's just nice to see him there fit, ready to go and add a new, um, I guess, a new layer to our attack. He just provides something different that I don't think anyone else has that exact same skill set as him in our team. And I felt we were a bit one-dimensional without him when he was out earlier in the season. So it's very nice to see him back. Very happy to see how he did. Nice. And um, yeah, hopefully we continue uh, with that momentum as we head into tomorrow. So I guess we'll go predicted lineups. So obviously Tommy Asu went off, Saka went off, uh, Arteta's press conference is at half one today. So we are shooting in the dark a little bit. Um, for the podcast listeners on screen, I've got the team that played against Newcastle. So it was David Ryer in goal, back four was White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tommy Asu. Uh, midfield three was Rice, uh, Jorginho, Rice and Havertz. Uh, and then the front three was Martinelli and Ketia and Saka. And obviously, like I said, that's the Newcastle game. The severe one was different. Um, so Tommy Asu Saka went off and Ketia has got a knock. Trossard came in, did really well midweek. So do you want to have a stab at, well, I guess, first of all, before we go into lineups, are you concerned by Saka? Or do you think it's another one of his that he's gone off and he'll be fine? I'm more concerned about him starting than I am about Gabriel. And okay. a lot of people, so a lot of people are worried that, like, oh, Gabriel might get another one's benchings at home in an easy fixture where we expect to dominate, like the Sheffield game, right? Yep. That, Sheffield United. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry <laughs> Sheffield United. I remember. Yeah, I remember this. I've already been told off about this by listeners as well since you mentioned. Oh, is that. it? I've noticed it more since um, you mentioned it. It is a thing. So sorry, Sheffield United. But yeah, I did, so I, I'm actually more confident of Gabriel starting here than I am of Saka. Um, I think Go what on, talk, concerns talk me, me about it. Saka uh, is... Talk me through your Gabriel one. Oh, the Gabriel. So there's just... I just don't see any reason for him to be benched. Like, I think it was one of those where when he played... Um, midweek and the weekend obviously there was leaks going out that Gabriel was benched in the midweek yeah I wouldn't have liked that because then that makes me think Gabriel's like a tactical choice in lineups it's like he'll play versus certain opponents not others and that's not what I wanted like an FP from an FPL point of view sure. whereas when he played these games that must win games I'm like okay like he, he is first choice he played two games for Brazil last international break 
Saliba didn't. He was given off time to rest. You know, like, okay, let's just, it, it must be rest this time. It's different to when Party was fit playing inverted right, but like, this is different, is the way I look yeah. at it. And it's just, so I feel like he is clear first choice. It's not, oh, tactically, sometimes someone else will play. So that's where I feel more reassured about him starting this weekend. And he is in my team. Saka is someone who I would have loved to captain this week against Burnley at home, but with Same. the doubt, it's really put me off. Do you and own Salah? I do. So it's on him at the moment on my bus team, just because it's, you know, a home fixture, 90 minutes probably, penalties, all that good stuff. I think Saka, my concern about him is that, like, this is what happened last time, where, like, he got called up for England for the international break in the last month. He didn't make the fixture before it against City. And then, bang, he also pulls out of the England team. Yeah. My, my worry is, what is the process? Because if he misses this game and then he goes and does a checkup with England separately anyway and still goes to the England game, then I want him to bloody start this weekend. Oh, yeah, it's either if, miss all of it or miss none of it, is my opinion. That's what I think will happen, though. I think if he's not... Well, obviously, if he's not fit, he won't play tomorrow and I don't think he'll go away with England. But if he is fit, I think he'll be in the team tomorrow and probably go away with England. But to add my two pence, I am concerned by this one. I feel like, like I say, Saka goes down a lot, right? And it's something that, unfortunately, we've just become used to. Like, oh, yeah, someone, like add it to his CV. Like, he's gone off again injured. This one concerned me because I can't remember specifically what happened but I just remember being sat there with my mate and for whatever reason I was actually hyper focused on Saka I want to say like did he have the ball or something I can't remember but the way he went down concerned me because there wasn't impact and there wasn't anyone like necessarily next to him I think he was jumping I think he was at landing from a jump okay and that's yeah like I watched the replay and that was very weird like no one he wasn't challenging with his feet on the ball like he just kind of landed and then it's like almost like he twisted or yeah. rolled his ankle maybe. And like I said, I can't remember this. Spe- I, I believe you. I just can't remember specifically for myself what happened. I just remember my feeling being, damn, that's concerning because it wasn't an impact thing by a, mm. a fellow professional. It was more like you say, potentially landing or the way he moved. And that's what concerned me. Um, and as a result, like my gut right now is telling me that it even if it's a slight injury, we just won't risk him tomorrow and we'll trust him. You would think in a game enough. like tomorrow, surely you don't risk him, right? Yeah, yeah like and as a result, withdraw him from the England squad. Um, so, so then what does that my... mean for the lineup? Because obviously with Jesus out as well, Smith Rowe wow. out as well, it's kind so of like we, trust Should we run and... through it? Yeah, let's do that. Because obviously Eddie, we don't know about the presses yet. I know he missed yeah. training. He wasn't in the game. Odegaard is a towel. So it's like, my thinking is, if the likes of, say, Odegaard and Eddie are both out, I reckon even if Saka's just a slight worry or doubt, you think I reckon he'll be forced him. through. Yeah, yeah, I feel okay. like it's almost like too sense. many changes. Because we're now, obviously, we've dropped points in the league where, you know, we want to bounce back from our last league game. You know, we're, we're three points behind City. Like, even though it's Burnley home, like, I think we can't underestimate how much these lads want to win every game. And we saw it from Leo's interview. After the UCL, they said to him, like, you know, you need one point to qualify in the group in the next two games. And how, how do you feel? And all of a sudden, he just said, we want to win every game. We want to win yeah. both those games. And 
our focus is to beat Lanza at home in the next game. Like it was just yeah. that is the mentality he's trying to drill into these guys. So oh, I, do I, think I don't that... doubt that. I think more. I probably didn't frame my opinion better. I'm actually concerned that Saka has a genuine knock. No, no, no you think it's genuine I... enough? Yeah. Where regardless of whether we need him or not, we just cannot use him. Yeah, yeah. Like just I'm, from I'm trying way... to be blindly optimistic and avoid that. No, uh, yeah. I guess with, with that in mind, just... should we go for it? I guess. Can I just add my two pence on the yeah, Gabriel yeah. thing? Um, I think it's not a case of resting Gabriel and or Saliba. I think it's more giving a player like Kivi or minutes. And it's a case of it's games against Sheffield United and Burnley where you can give him minutes because he's a player that I, I do personally think that Arsenal fans are going a bit OTT on how good Kivi or is. Like, I think he's good, but I think I'm seeing him overrated a little bit based on the small sample size we've seen, but he's a player that's good enough and should have had more minutes than he has. So that's why I look at it as mm. it's nothing to do with Gabriel not being first choice. It's just more, it's the ability to give someone of Kivior's ability minutes against opposition that aren't great. And I think one of Gabriel and or Saliba will uh, make way for Kivior tomorrow. Um, just purely... Because it's very it's, it's possible. It feels like this is the game, right? If there was yeah. a game, this is that game. <laughs> so with that in mind, shall we run through the team? Yeah. So and do obviously you think for, uh, Raya starts single? Yeah. I was just going to say for all of the podcast okay. listeners to timestamp this, it's currently quarter to 12 UK time on Friday and it's prior to Arteta's press conference. So we are shooting in the dark a bit, but let's go for it. Um, yeah. I think Raya will be in goal. I don't think that's a debate mm-hmm. at all, in my opinion. Uh Fuck it, let's just go for the whole team. I, For yeah. me, I think it's going to be Ben White, Saliba, Kivi, or Zinchenko. Okay. A midfield free of Jorginho, Rice, and Havertz. Uh, no, sorry, I'm changing my mind. I think it's going to be a midfield three. No, 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 I'm sticking with that. I was thinking, is he going to go Vieira? Um so midfield three, Jorginho, Rice, Havertz. Havertz, right eight. Uh, Rice, left eight. And I think the front three is going to be Martinelli on the left. Trossard, false nine. And I think it's going to be Reese Nelson. I don't think Saka's going to be fit. I think it will be the team from the UCL night. Yep. With Reese Nelson instead of Saka. Okay. And Zinchenko instead of Tomiyasu. Sure. I think those are the two changes I see. Yeah, okay. But I, but I don't think Vieira gets his start. Um, I don't think Odegaard gets his start, but comes off the bench. Yeah, same. That's the I way I'm the, kind of looking at it. Like The reason I hesitated when I said my midfield was I was looking at someone like Jorginho, and he's played quite a lot recently, right? And yeah. the a Burnley game, like a Sevilla game, feels like it suits Jorginho to a T. But I was just thinking, like, as he got the legs for it, with how much he's played. And then I was thinking a midfield, like an opposition like Burnley, Vieira should be fine. <laughs> um, and a midfield three of that Vieira, is true. Rice and Havertz. So that's why I was kind of doubting myself a little bit. But just, I don't think I see Odegaard. Obviously, if the presser says like, oh, Odegaard's fully fit, but Arteta's never going to say that. We know yeah. what he's like in his press conferences. Why would yeah. you tell the opposition if someone is literally going to start or not of Odegaard's quality? You keep them guessing. Same yeah. with Saka. I doubt we get anything that actually really makes you feel confident either way that Sakura or Odegaard no. is starting. 
We'll probably get but, probably get more information through leaks and um, the uh, embargoed <laughs> stuff tonight. To be honest, yeah. I'll look forward to that 10 p.m. embargo or whatever it is. Just whatever doesn't make it out of the original press conference. Yeah, but um, yeah. shout out to a couple of the guys, by the way. So Pontus, yeah. nice to see you here live. Delia hey, as well. Good morning. Good to see hey, you. Delia. Lovely to see everyone here. Um, yeah. So I think from a lineup prediction point of view, we're quite similar. Then I guess um, I would I think love so, to yeah. think Saka plays, but Nelson also probably needs some minutes himself. The same thing you were saying about Kivior and the type of game to give it to them in. Well, but I'd I really think... like to think Kivior doesn't play this one or maybe plays at when... left back. <laughs> when when I say stuff like that, though, I think it's like there's a there's a ranking tier of players, right? And Kivior is in a ranking tier ahead of Nelson, in my opinion. So oh, I don't sure. quite think Nelson needs minutes as much as... A key or uh, level of Nelson doesn't does. have suitors trying to buy him on, uh, on or get him on loan like Kivio or Seville wanted him in the summer. Yeah, wanted to block it because he wants him here. There's loads of clubs across Europe trying to buy him in case he doesn't get enough minutes. So I don't think we have that problem with Nelson. No, no offense to him. Uh, no. With Kivio, like ultimately, I think what he brings is he is very good on the ball. I'd say more so than Gabriel, whereas Gabriel's the better defender. So I think yeah. in a game where you think maybe you're going to be more in possession, That's like exactly. that Sheffield game, right? Yeah. Your, it wasn't just a rest thing. It's like, give your needs minutes. It's not just Gabriel Rest. Give your needs minutes. And secondly, if you don't get him ready now, what are you going to do when we're deeper in these cups? If we get through to future rounds of the UCL, the FA Cup, and you've got important games coming thick and fast in February, March, April, are you going to give Kivior his first minutes then? You need to get mm. them ready now. That's the that, way I look at it. Like build those relationships I'm... now. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that that's exactly why I look at it as it's a fixture. Like now, like Burnley at home because then we've got Brentford away. I don't think he'll be doing it there. Wolves at home. I okay, granted, like we should win that. I still don't think he'll do it there. Luton away. That's even though it's Luton, that screams a Gabriel game in terms of physicality. Villa away. There's no way he'd do it there. And then Brighton at home. Um, they're a tough opponent, Liverpool way. And that's why it just, to me... So there's very like, few opportunities, damn. And that's why, to me, I'm reverse engineering it, reverse engineering it, and it looks like the opportunity to do it. The only other one I could see two times are uh, in Europe, Lens at home and PSV away, assuming we've won the group by then. Um, but I just feel like yeah. he's better. he's a better player than the opportunities he's had, if that makes sense. Which yeah, if he I was somewhere to... else, that, that's why like Civil wanted him on loan, right? To play every game or other clubs are looking to buy him next summer because they're like, if he doesn't quite bed in, like yeah. we, we, there's a player there, he's young, we can sculpt him, let's take him. Yeah. I think his ability to switch um, to either side from centre-back, it reminds me a bit of Joaquim Anderson from um, Crystal Palace, just in terms of just that techers, like he's got that, it's just so- something about him, like, I honestly think he could like be like an Alex Song. Like I could see him oh, playing. Fuck even it, I, uh, I've got a lot of strong opinions about Alex Song. I'd never rated him as highly as other Arsenal fans did. I didn't Arsenal. rate him once he went to Barcelona, but there was a lot of uh, assists from him from those. His passing balls, right? was good. I've got so many strong opinions. What was it? Those Hollywood passes. Yeah. From, uh, who's, who's Voldemort? What's his name? Um, the English player who looks like Voldemort. He oh, John Joe Shelby. Shelby with his Hollywood <laughs> passes. That Alex Song was basically like that, yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> oh, you made me laugh. Um, so what do you think about Burnley then? Should we talk about their lineup? Because obviously we've heard yeah. the very sad news about Lyle Foster. He's yeah, struggling fair with play to him for speaking stuff. out as well. 
Yeah. yeah, that's amazing yeah. for someone in that position to kind of make themselves vulnerable and talk about where they're at. Um, I think not enough men talk about how they feel and their mental health and they really bottle yeah. it up. So I re- really think that's a good thing he's done there, but yeah. really sad for him and wish him a swift recovery. But yeah, he is said. also, I think, their best player, right, in terms of attack. So, And that's why I look at our team and like, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't think it's a game where you should play Nelson for the sake of it, but... That's why I look at, you look at their team. And so the team that they put out when they lost 2-0 to Crystal Palace was Trafford in goal. Backfield was Vitinho, O'Shea, Bayer, Taylor. Uh, midfield four was Goodmanson, Burge, Brownhill and Kalisho. Uh, and then up top, it was Jay Rodriguez and Anduni. And I just think that is a, that's a championship team. And famous last words, like <laughs> if we slip up. But tactically, we should, and this is why I think the likes of Zinchenko, Kivio have a really good chance of playing because ball progression and even Jorginho I just think it's going to be a case of manipulate <clears throat> manipulating numerical overloads all over the pitch have three v2s everywhere create space with running um <clears throat> cleverly like how Declan Rice did midweek and just create space everywhere and I think Trossard as a false nine gives us so much more fluidity wise than Enketia does um in terms of how he links the overall midfield and attack so uh, that's the Burnley lineup, but I feel like we should have more than enough to put them away, and that's why it'll be interesting to see what he does in defence. Uh, it's sitting on the fence, but I I literally can see him sticking with the same back four because there's an international break coming up. And then that's on the, the other, other thing hand, I was thinking about yeah, but then equally you're like, is then Gabriel going to go play two more ninety minutes for yeah. Brazil again? And, and the thing I'll stress is this: like the one thing I want to stress, which I've said, is it's not me thinking Gabriel Saliba needs rest. It's just a case of giving someone like Kiwi or who's good enough actual game time. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, with all of that in mind, score predictions. I've not gone for the graphic because we've kind of cocked up the last few weeks and I've not actually <laughs> registered on our little spreadsheet. Um, but that's fine. We can still give score predictions and we'll remember to see how we got on. Uh, how are you feeling for this one? I is it going to be another Sheffield United 5-0? That's what I'm hoping. Um, I'd like to think so. Like, go into the international break in good mood. You know, make a statement. We we have to get a win here. Um, and City away at Chelsea, never say never. Never say never, yeah. We could end this international break level on points again. So, we have to go and get that goal difference as much in our favour as we can. This is the, there are a few games a season where you make up your goal difference. This is one of them. So for me, I'm looking at 3-0 minimum is the floor. Okay. I think it's what I would have said about Sheffield too. It's like the floor is 3-0. I'm expecting... It's just whether we keep the foot on the gas at 3-0 and go up to 4-5-0 or do we just like kind of see it out and then concede a random goal at the Emirates like we always do. (laughs) There's also that option. What what are you going with them? Between a four 0 and a three one, it's just I don't know. A three one, okay. Yeah, I just don't know if we're gonna keep our foot on that pedal right at the end. Um, let's go with four 0 Four 0 nice, like it. I'm um similar. I'm going three 0 I think it will be a gear two kind of game, um, similar to Sheffield United. It's that Sheffield United game. I said this in the one of the pods. It it literally felt like a preseason friendly. Um, and even though it was boring <laughs> which sounds stupid because we won 5-0 uh, that's exactly what we need to just coast through these games in second gear get the job done and uh, move on injury free uh, yeah just seeing you pulled up Pontus said 3-0 I 
Um, yeah, yeah. yeah let us know what you think. Obviously, we've got Should to we... wrap up in a bit, but we've got time for one question. I was going to say, from, let's uh... take Delia's question. Yeah. So we have a question about Odegaard here for the podcast listeners. Why is it so hard to have any clarity on Odegaard's situation? Do you know more about it? I guess, do, do you know much about it? My, my understanding was that it's... Um, it's like nothing to be concerned about long term, but it's like something that needs to be dealt with. And it's just complex is the way that kind of in between reading between the lines of the stuff I've seen coming out. I do wonder if it's family related or some kind of um, mental health situation as well. That's another thing. Like, I just don't know. Something there. It, Equally, they have like been it. carrying a knock, right, for a long time. Oh, so he's been playing right. with injury for most of the season. And is it that it's not a serious concern, but they just need to rest it. It might be one of those types of injuries where it's not going to get better if you he can, plays. But if he takes yeah. two, three, four weeks off, he's fine. But by exactly. not doing that, he's almost just always going to be in that red zone waiting to pull up because he's just yeah, and to, playing through. To be honest, we, um, like, I guess the question split into two, right? Why is it so hard to have any clarity? Because Arteta keeps his cards close to his chest. He doesn't, yeah, yeah. fair enough. And so as a result, I don't like to speculate on stuff like that. It could be anything, but where we have no information, literally we have no idea. <laughs> so there's no point speculating. Um, and yeah, as a, like, as a result, no, we um, we don't know anything more about it. Just have to kind of take it day by day, um, unfortunately. But yeah, so we'll wait and see what Arteta says in his presser. But I'm working on the assumption that he's going to miss this game, rest up in the international break, come back. And then final question, because then I do have to go and shoot. Yeah, yeah I was uh, going to say, let's say this last one and we'll let you get out of here. What blue Danu Joe, thanks for tuning in, mate. Watkins or Tony are better fit for Arsenal? Neither for me. I want Osman. We're a level above them now. I, I would love Osman. I don't know if we can get him. I would love Osman. Uh, if we're going to blow the bank, I would love Osman. Um, I've got bigger ambitions than that. I want Mbappe, Project Mbappe, 2024 summer. Here we come, you gunners. But yeah, that's my <laughs> dreams and hopes because I saw a tweet saying that Madrid have pulled out. But I hear that, you know, every year that comes out as some kind of leak. And it's a bit earlier than normal this year. But yeah. I'm sure Madrid will be back in soon. But for if now... I, <laughs> if I did have to pick one of the two, it would be Tony for me in terms of profile of fit and his ability to link play and stuff. Watkins feels like more runs the channels and stuff. But I gen genuinely feel we're a level above both of them right now. I genuinely think that next mm. attack piece needs to be a signing like Rice that lifts the whole level and takes you another gear up. And uh, I don't think either of them do it. Even Tony, like I know my good one of my good mates, Andrew, he loves Tony. And like, I've been similarly uh wired to in the way he thinks but i've gone off tony I, I feel like we need better someone to take us up again i think it blocks um, a longer term signing like an evan ferguson who i'd also yeah, love to see given uh exactly. you know someone young like that but yeah let's uh get out of here um yep. we will talk more about january and other injured players and maybe what we need to strengthen the squad for the push to the end of the season in a future episode i'm sure so yeah definitely today so. let's just kind of i think we've done a good enough for a preview of burnley and then there's a lot of other exciting things to talk about coming into January for sure. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I'll be doing the review, speaking to a couple of people, because uh, Nima won't be able to do the Burnley review. So speaking to a couple of people to try and get that date organised. Um, and I will tweet out when that will be. But hopefully another nice win coming tomorrow. Uh, hopefully it's a nice relaxing one. International break, rest up, and then let's hit the run-in 
to Christmas where we've got a on paper decent stretch of fixtures. So let's try heading to Christmas strong, win the Champions League group, and let's reassess in January. But that was everything from us. Up the Arsenal. Cheers, everyone. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you guys.